School's out for summer. And Redbox has the video games to keep you entertained. Over 40,000 locations nationwide. This means you can rent and return anywhere. Better yet, you'll get a free one-night game rental from Redbox when you use the promo code STORIES5. Right now, you go out, you swing by a box in your neighborhood, or if you want to make sure the game you want is there when you arrive, you can reserve it online at redbox.com games. The offer is valid through August 8th, 2017, subject to some additional terms. Charges apply for additional nights, payment card required. But look, getting into video games has never been so easy. Stories 5, free one-night game rental. Check it out right now, Redbox. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, you can work with an experienced, licensed therapist handpicked just for you. On Talkspace, you can send text, audio, and video messages to your therapist and talk about your life. Work through what's keeping you up at night. Maybe just work on feeling a bit happier. I'm a big fan of therapy. That is a well-known thing about me and my life and uh, happy that there's so many different ways you can find your way to, to improving your own mental health, okay? Sign up, learn more, go to talkspace.com slash beautiful. And to show your support for this podcast, use the code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month. That is beautiful at talkspace.com slash beautiful. Hello to all my marina photographers. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. Rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey, everybody, Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Hope everybody out there is doing well. Hope everybody's enjoying their lives and their summers. I know I'm enjoying mine. Wanted to mention I'm working on the Chris Gethard show again. We're right now writing the show, and uh, that's taking up my summer. And if you're a fan of Beautiful Anonymous, I hope you'll check it out. Might not be for you, but maybe, you know what? Set that DVR season pass. Even if you don't like the show, just play it. Just play it. You put your headphones in, listen to Beautiful Anonymous, which you do love, and then just help me get ratings and numbers anyway. And uh, anyway, no, nah, I'm just kidding. But honestly, check out the show. It's on your DVRs right now. You can set it. Whatever. Plug my stuff. Plug out. Oh, oh, Chris, speaking of stuff to plug, there's some live shows. ChrisGeth.com. Uh, we're going to have the info up soon. Remember, uh, Beautiful Anonymous is doing a live taping as part of the Now Hear This Fest. Got another live taping coming up in Denton, Texas in a couple months. So info on all those coming out. Keep your eyes peeled on the website. We'll make those things happen. We'll make those things happen. I feel good. I feel like you guys are good. Let's just get into the episode. I hope everybody's doing well. Shout out to everybody on the Facebook group. Not so much controversy there lately. People enjoying the episodes and talking about 15,000 beautiful anonymous fans hang out, talk about the episodes. And I want to thank all of them for hanging out and being a part of this thing. Uh, this episode, you know, it, it was very fun. Um, every once in a while, someone calls up and, and it just turns out me and them have something in common. And it's it allows me to just kind of jump in and mess around a little bit more. And uh, this is one of those, this person and I had the same major in college. It's a major, I'm very disrespectful towards that major throughout the majority of the call. You'll see that I was a very good, uh, I was very, let's just be frank, very good at bullshitting my way through college. Uh, Sorry, Sally. But uh, you you will see that some of the things I say, you're like, oh yeah, this guy knew how to knew how to do that. Anyway, it was so fun for me to talk about it with this person. I hope she's doing well, finding her place in the world. Sounds like her and her, her brothers are a, searching for that. But most of all, it was, it was so nice to mess around, have a good time and talk about the, uh, 
the wild world of being an American studies major. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Hey. Whoa. (laughs) How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. I'm all right. I'm New York on this fine day. It's it's raining. It's not the best. I'm going to walk across town after this. I don't know. I don't know why I said I'm good. I'm kind of grumpy. It's raining. My wife's been out of town for a week. I'm grumpy. That's how it's going, really. (laughs) Aw, poor quiz. Okay. Well, no need to. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm, um... I'm just driving around. I have to like take pictures of a marina randomly for my job. Um, and then I'm supposed to be in in 20 minutes, but oh well, that's, <laughs> that just won't happen. That's okay. Wait, you're supposed to be like at doing your job in 20 minutes? Well, I'm like taking pictures now and I'm supposed to be like there in 20 minutes. But to be fair, it's like it's actually it's just an internship. So and it's like not even paid. So I feel oh. a little less of an like. I feel a little less bad if I'm late, you know. Oh yeah, no, I'm happy to waste an hour of your day if that's the case. Happy to help with that. <laughs> I'm happy about it too, man. This is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty all right. Yeah, I guess not crazy for you. It's just another day, but what kind of internship involves taking pictures of a marina? Yeah, no, I'm well. So I'm home for the summer, and I um, I'm working. It's at a radio station and um, newspaper, just like a little local thing. And so I guess they're doing a story about like hurricane season and they wanted me to like take pictures of the marina so they can talk about what people can do with their boats oh. when that happens. So by internship, they mean... Exciting we, stuff. By internship, they mean we don't want to pay a trained professional photographer to do their job. That's what... <laughs> exactly. No, I'm literally using my iPhone. It's very, it's very low-key. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it's, it. It's like probably illegal. I'm not totally sure oh, <laughs> how no. that works, but no, no one cares about the laws anymore. Who cares about laws anymore? No, not labor not. laws. No one cares about labor laws. <laughs> for the birds. For the birds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that's cool. Marina picks. That seems okay. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm else? Reading, so. so you're in school. You're a, you're in school. Yeah, I'm um I'll be a senior next year, but I'm just home right now for the summer. Yeah. That's... I know you're like another college student, great. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not I don't have anything <laughs> against the college students, but there are definitely many listeners to this podcast who anytime a college-age person calls, react effectively by, like, leaning out their window and shaking their fist and saying, like, all you kids get off my lawn, which I don't quite get. <laughs> I never quite understand that reaction. Right. <laughs> so, people I have to tell you, though, I just... Yeah. I'm an American studies major, and I would, like, anytime I was, like, if I ever get through, I got to tell him, because you chat on it so much. Which is completely fair because it is, it is kind of like I literally just couldn't decide what else to do and time was up. So I was like, well. Yeah, I tell you. A little bit of everything. I've so. never met another American studies major who's not completely willing to laugh about how ludicrous being an American studies major is. <laughs> uh, I hate when people ask because I just, you know, I kind of like put my tail between my legs and I'm just like, 
Or, you know, kind of mumble it. <laughs> Let's go ahead. For anybody who's not familiar, first of all, I'd like to think in my heart that you chose it because you were inspired directly by me. I'd like to think that that it was my, me that led to this choice. I think, yeah, it was a subconscious reason. Hadn't heard of you yet, but I, I knew. <laughs> fair, fair. I get that a lot, by the way. I get a lot of my fans are people who have never heard of me. That is a running trend. Let's no. <laughs> For anybody unfamiliar, maybe you could, what, as someone who's in it right now, how would you describe what American Studies is? Because I've, I've talked about this on the show. For anybody who doesn't know, though, because it's a little obscure. It's not on the tip of many people's tongues as far as a major. What would you say it is? No, certainly not. Um, well, where I go to school, you can pick kind of like different tracks within it. So I did the more like arts one. So I do, I do a lot of like film studies, American lit, more like recent American history. I don't know. I can't describe it in a way that makes it sound more official than, <laughs> than it really is. But yeah, I think it just depends what track you do in it. Some people do more like ethnicity, race, migration kind of stuff within it. But yeah, I do like watching movies. Bullshit. Because <laughs> we should say, so it's like effectively it's a study of American culture is what it's pitched as. But when you say, yeah. when you say you're on a track where you're studying a lot of film and American lit, you also could have been a film major or an English major and studied those things in a much more intensive and, frankly, real way. True or false? It's You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not. I don't know. Film studies, though, <laughs> it was just so... Because I'd taken a lot of those classes, and it's so much like you watch a movie, and then they pause it, and then they're like, no, what does his hand movement mean? And, like, let's talk about this for the next hour and a half. And just, like, so pretentious and awful, and I couldn't deal with it. That's, you know, I'm sure it's not everywhere, but definitely where I was. Now, again, not trying to paint it with a wide brush because I only did it at my school. Fair to say, you tell me if this is still the case. Fair to say, American Studies, (laughs) a lot of the majors just happen to be athletes and kids who play hacky sack. True or false? (laughs) Is hacky sack Um, still a thing? Hacky sack still a thing or did I just date myself? Oh, God. I think maybe a little. Wait, do you <laughs> no, not know what hacky sack is? People do now. Like foot. No, it's the little um, like knit beanie ball thingies, right? Yeah, it's hippies. It's like pot smoking hippies, and then like varsity athletes. Uh, um, kind of, definitely, yeah, definitely lots of the hippies. The athletes go towards like econ for some reason. Ooh. I think they have like file cabinets of all the tests, you know, and then they <laughs> <laughs> work together. <laughs> Now, do you take a lot of ludicrous classes? Because I took a lot of ludicrous classes. I don't know how how in depth I've gotten about this <laughs> in the, on the podcast before. Um, you know, to be fair, I go I go to like a pretty serious school. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's still American studies. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most. I took a class called Disney. I would say you that. took a class called <laughs> That's Disney. Pretty... That's an American studies yeah, was... class. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was <laughs> Disney. And then all your friends you live with are like that. all your friends you live with are taking classes called like survey of uh, sur- survey of of uh, an... like international affairs and like yeah. important yeah. And you're like, no, I'm writing a three. Pre-med. I'm writing a three page <laughs> paper on dopey this week. I'm writing a. I literally, my final paper was comparing, like, the original Parent Trap and the Lindsay Lohan one. Like, that's that's where I was at. Yes! I'm so, I hate this call. Yes! No, I love it. I guarantee you. I already know. Because a lot of American Studies classes, too, you can, like, go to the professor and be like, here's what I want to focus on for this class. I would have taken the Disney class, and my final paper would have been entitled uh, Chip versus Dale, A Study in Brotherhood. 
And honestly, you probably would have gotten, you know, an award. Would have gotten an award at the end of the year. What was your thesis? What was your? That class was huge, though. Was it just a critical review of the uh, parent traps? Was it just comparing and contrasting, or did you have to make a critical point about? Oh God, I don't even. It's like a blur because that I ended up. I wrote that one like I got an extension, so I was able to write it at home. Like after after class officially ended, American studies. Hey. Hey, teach. Hey, teach. I know this is already a class on Disney where I'm writing about the parent trap. I'm going to need six extra weeks, though. American studies. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's it's accurate, and I I hate that you're (laughs) describing it so accurately. Fuck. (laughs) It's okay. Here's the thing, though. Here's For anybody listening, here's here's what it would actually be. It would be like, here's the differences between the two parent traps. And then an analysis of how that shows about the culture of the time, the shifting. I was just going to say, and how that shows the shifting in cultural trends over the number of decades between which those two movies were made. That's the exact type of thing you'd write about. Yeah, that that was basically it. Yeah. Yeah, I took a class called the Cowboy in Fiction and Film, and it was an American Studies Uh summer class. You ever taken an American Studies summer class? I honestly would have learned. No, I haven't. I would have learned more just hanging out with my friends. I watched movies. Most <laughs> of that class was watching movies. One of the movies we watched, Shanghai Noon, the Owen Wilson, Jackie Chan classic, <laughs> Shanghai Noon. Watched that in an American class. Oh my god! Class. Cults and communes. I've seen that one, but cults and communes. Another <laughs> class I took. Jerseyana, New Jersey as a culture. Another one that I took. What else did I? Oh, take? nice. Took a lot. Of Murder in America. Just read about serial killers the whole time. True crime. I'm trying to think of other like bullshit ones I've done because I know they're out there. Yeah, um, I've done a bunch of them. I, I love it. Well, it doesn't sound that bad. It ended up being stupid. It was like Vietnam War in American culture or something. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't know. I saw, I couldn't believe it. Right at my tail end of my time there, they started teaching a cryptozoology class, and it didn't fit my schedule. I, I would love to take a class on Bigfoot and the Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster. I was like the only person in there who wasn't high out of my mind during class. I was like, I thought I could get away with that. Like when I first started taking film classes, I was like, this is great. Like I can just like smoke and then go to my, go to my screening. But then I would just like sit there in the back and like sink into my chair. And I remember one time I was like, all right, I'm going to speak up. Like I'll make a comment in class, which I like hate doing. But I was like, I thought this one part of the movie was like so funny. And everyone just stared at me because apparently it wasn't funny at all. (laughs) But I remembered it differently. (laughs) You just had the giggles. And I was like, all right. I'm not speaking in class anymore. You're just sitting in the back eating caramel corn, giggling. And it's like a super sad, <laughs> super sad stretch of the film. Basically. Yeah, I get it. I one time, I used to... I, here's I feel some, like I'm making myself out to be like a slacker type, which I'm, I'm really not, actually. No, I'm making well, you out to be that. I'm projecting because of my own failings as a student and an academic. But nothing you've said is wrong, so maybe, so maybe I'm like, actually, maybe... No, well, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Because who knows? I could have like some other old professors of mine listening. And I liked one, maybe two of them. So I don't want to offend. I like really, really liked one. A prof- <laughs> There's a professor who knows for a fact. She would never hear this, but she knows. I, I often credit her, say that Professor Ann Fabian from Rutgers University 
probably kept me afloat during some of my toughest times. Because here's the real thing about American studies, we should say. It is a major where it is up to you to make of it what you will. You can actually be really motivated and do things almost like a more regulated independent study where you can really sink your teeth in and explore some topics. And I actually I actually did an independent study on comic books that I was very proud of, where I put in a ton of work and it actually turned into an examination of stuff like that because I was motivated. But if you don't want to be motivated during American studies, it's not like there's really negative consequences. Like you can sign up for the yeah, Disney <laughs> class. You can sign up for the Disney class and write all about Walt Disney's opinions uh, during World War II and how can you look at the man and the creator and separate it from the cultural love for his work when we know that there's so many problematic anti-Semitic viewpoints that came out of a man's mouth, but he's defining how our children approach the world in their early days. And that isn't a fascinating thing to write about. Or you can take that Disney class and straight up just write a final paper write about, about the parent trap. About what how come Goofy has pants on? You could do that too. It's what you make of it. So it's kind of the most beautiful Fair. thing about college in a way because it gives you a sense of agency and ownership to become your own person and have your own critical thoughts. Which many majors yeah, don't afford. I'll go with that. Or you can take a class on cowboys in the summer where, like me, I showed up legit would show up every time, would come from work, show up a little early before everyone else, put my head down, be sound asleep before the teacher even (laughs) entered the room, wake up at the end of class. Had a friend, my friend Steve, Steve Murphy. I don't know, I lost touch with Steve Murphy. Really good guy. Used to legit wake me up after class so I didn't accidentally sleep overnight in the classroom. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) College. I really putzed it. I really putzed college, man. Upright Citizens yeah. Brigade was my real college. The UCB Theater. That was my real college. Yeah, no, I've heard you talking about that. I, I don't. I go to school kind of close to New York. Not mm. well. It's like a train ride away. Whatever that means. Oh, so. train. That's nice. I've also made this episode about me too much. I apologize for that. It's about you. No, not at all. <laughs> um, so you're within the Greater New York Metro area. Um. Well, I mean, like, right now I'm home in, I'll just go ahead and tell you the state, so, so it's cool. I'm in North Carolina. Um, oh, very But, yeah, cool. I go to school in New England area somewhere. Oh, nice. New England, a lot of good schools, a lot of good small schools, some big schools. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. North Carolina, spent some time there. Good place. North Kakalaki. Good place, <laughs> good place, at, um, causing some stressful times politically lately. Don't know I was going to say, it can be. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, North Kakalaka. Because we used to be sort of like known as being this like liberal haven in the South. You know, we were like called, what was that? It's like a veil of humility between two mountains of conceit or something. But um, yeah, not recently. Yeah. Now it's swinging back in the other direction. That's okay. These things happen and it'll normalize and you just hope it lands in a place where people feel... Well, that, sorry, like broke up for a second. No, I was mumbling. I was saying you just... It, I'm sure it'll... Uh, you know, <laughs> you just sit and hope that it lands in a place where people feel safe and happy. You know? Where everybody feels safe and happy. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. So what else? What else do I need to know about you? What do you want to talk about? About me? Um, well, my whole family is home right now. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And, like, we've all been home all summer, which is, like, weird. Because, you know, at this point, we're usually, like... Like Christmas is about the only time when we're really like all home together. So it's been 
interesting. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my older brother was working at this like fancy industrial banking. Wait, this fancy, um, fancy what? You broke up fancy what? Fancy like investment banking job. Oh, but finance guy. In um, New York City, and he was like pretty miserable doing it. And so he came home. He's living at home right now. And then I, I don't know. I was, I felt like I needed to be home too. I just, I don't know. I just, I like when everyone was applying to internships and shit because everyone at my school is like crazy. Um, I just like couldn't bring myself to apply to anything and then like may comes around and so i just kind of like emailed these people at home and asked if i could work here so this sort of that's why i'm home and then my my younger brother to be fair he's only 20 so he's just hanging out <laughs> yeah he's chilling so all your friends are like chasing internships like i'm gonna head to new york try to get in with some sort of firm i'm gonna head you yeah know, there are a lot, head, yeah, head a lot of city, them are in new york right now go to san francisco if i want to break into the tech industry and you're like ah I'll take pictures of boats with my iPhone. Take pictures of marinas, yeah. yeah and I couldn't pictures. even find it. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even find it. Google Maps led me astray. Take a pic of a. You know, I'll spend my summer. and take a pic of a pontoon boat with my iPhone. <laughs> Sweet pontoon. Doing big things. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Now, your older brother, financial industry. I dated a girl. She lived with her cousin. Cousin was entering the finance world right out of college. And here's the sense I got is that that industry works when you're at those really big firms, the ones with like the legendary names, seems like what they do is they hire, they hire a ton of kids right out of college every year. And they spend like two or three straight years just trying to break you. You work like 18 hours a day. No, that's exactly what they do. And it's like they just break these kids and the ones who last, then they get to like work hard for like 10 years. And then if you can last those 10 years, you just like show up at an office and just rake in money and don't do much. Once you've been in it like 10, 15 years, you kind of like don't retire, but you just, now you're the one breaking the people. No, that's like pretty much it. They give them like a two year, there's like a two year contract kind of situation. And they're working like hundred hour weeks sometimes. It's just like obscene. And my brother, like he was miserable and he's not a kind of boy in the first place. But my parents were, you know, they were like, oh, just stick out the two years, just stick it out. I told her, I was like, go home. Like, if you don't, if you're not happy there, just leave. And so eventually he did. Yeah. They've, and like drugs are a big issue with, amongst those people. Like a lot of them are just like huge cokeheads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all seen the Wolf of Wall Street. But <laughs> that's true. It's like some truth to it from what I've heard. Not yeah, completely, but. Tons of cocaine. And haven't they had, they've had to start instituting rules like uh, you're not allowed to have your first year employees sleep overnight in the office. You have, they have to go home to sleep. Like they've had to start instituting actual, really? I, I think laws along those lines. Yeah. So I think a lot of people were like. Oh, that's like. Pushing themselves past the point of sanity. And, and I think there was, you know, a lot of people flipping out or becoming very unhealthy or taking their lives sometimes. I had to step in and go, hey, this is, uh, can't, let's, let's not just try to break. Yeah, it's like sad that they have olds. to have that as a rule, but. <laughs> yeah. Make people stay up for 19 hours a night and uh, look the other way when their answer to that problem is just a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably good that your brother came home is the point. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I don't know. My my mother is very hands on, so I think he's just getting sick of her, though, and he wants, to, <laughs> which is fair. So I think he's going to try to find his own place. Yeah. Um, but 
Is your mom how is, then, is your mom like thrilled to have all three of you back in the house? Let's go ahead and pause it there. A lot of times we pause for Ed and it's like on some big cliffhanger. Big cliffhanger. We don't want to make a cliffhanger. Sometimes you just arbitrarily stop at a question about a mom. Listen, we got sponsors. They help me bring this show to you guys for free. Check out what they have to offer and, and please do it, use the promo codes if you uh, if you're going for these products. It helps the show a lot. And uh, do enjoy the many products and services being offered to you right now. We'll be right back. Picnics, potlucks, dinner parties, barbecues. Good food is essential to a successful summer. Summer's upon us, okay? Now it's easier than ever to create delicious summer meals with Blue Apron. Because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. I've been using Blue Apron for a while. Could not be easier. I tell you... I, I tell you, my wife, well, there was a day she's out of the house, running around, she's busy, stressed out. I'm like, you know what? I got some free time. I'm going to bust out the blue apron. I cook up, uh, I'm cooking up meals. She comes home, she got a fresh cooked meal. All of a sudden, I'm like, it's like I'm this, uh, I've never been a better husband. And But guess what it is? It's because the directions are so easy to follow and the ingredients are so fresh. It was easy. It's flexible. It's nice. And they got a freshness guarantee. Promises that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they make that right. And look, coming up in July, we got seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. Creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges. Fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanelle pepper. Chili, chili butter steaks with Parmesan potatoes and spinach. Oh my God, that one was so mouth... I, I couldn't even speak. My mouth was physically watering. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash beautiful. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So do not wait. That's blueapron.com slash beautiful. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Attention, book lovers. I am paging all book lovers. Today's show is supported by Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a rapidly growing service with a simple goal to make sure you love what you read. They search high and low for new books that you wouldn't have found on your own and narrow down to the top five each month. Then you choose your favorites. They ship them right to your doorstep. With pricing starting at just $10 for new hardcover releases that usually cost $15 plus anywhere else, Book of the Month is a great value. Whether you get a book once a month or once a season, the exclusive prices and free shipping will save you tons. And I tell you, I'm on this site. I love it. I, I, it's on its way to my house right now. I'm looking at their selections. Five different selections I can pick from. I'm like, okay, that one, or that one. Oh, oh no, American Fire. It's a true crime book. It, it's, uh, it, it merges it with a love story. It touches my emo side, touches my uh, voyeuristic true crime lover side. It's like uh, between those five, those five options, you're going to find one that's right for you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Nothing. That, a lot of people, light summer beach reading, me reading about an arsonist, American Fire. I'm excited for that one to show up. Book of the Month. It's bound to delight and get your first book for $10 at bookofthemonth.com slash stories. That's bookofthemonth.com slash stories. Thank you so much to all the advertisers helping to bring this show to the world. Now let's go ahead and hear from our young friend in North Carolina. Is your mom like thrilled to have all three of you back in the house? think so but i don't think she is like she because i thought she was a very very much like a pta mom um soccer mom you know all that kind of stuff um so i thought that like when we all left for college because we're um like we were all in college at the same time at one point because we're all pretty close in age um my two brothers and i so i thought that she would be like 
you know, miserable and not know what to do, but she was totally fine. <laughs> I think she's just annoyed with us all being home. Yeah, I get that. Because she thought I should go. There was, she thought I should, like, you know, do something bigger and not at home. But what's she going to do? So all of their kids, all of their kids are kind of <laughs> underwhelming them a little bit. <laughs> Fallen from grace. Falling from grace a little bit. Always leaving their jobs. Younger. We were all, you know, we were all like valedictorians of our high school, you know, like, and like worked really hard. Like my brother and I were both like student body president. Like we did all this shit. And I think we were all just kind of crashing and burning in our own, in our own special way. (laughs) Now when you're, let's see, you go to a liberal arts college? Yeah, I do. Small? Or wait, no, sorry. No, that's not. I don't know why I said yes. It's like a small university. Small university? Is it in a major, is it in one of the more major cities of New England? Your Boston's, Providence? Not a major city. I, w- I, I don't, tell you, you, I don't mind telling you, I just, it's small. No, I don't want kind you. Kind of small. So it is, it's a small right. student body, it's an exclusive place, it's probably expensive. What, how do your parents react when the bill shows up and they realize uh, they're paying, <laughs> paying for you to take a class on the seven dwarves? How do they react to that? How do they react to that? Oh God, you know they never, to, to their, much to their credit, they were never like, you know, they never told me I couldn't major in American studies. And they, I think they keep the like snipe comments to themselves on that one. So, but they do kind of, and I, and I totally get it because they do kind of mention how expensive it is and how grateful I should be. And I am, and I just feel guilty because I feel like I've completely wasted that time. And I would feel less bad about it if I had just gone to like a cheaper state school or something, you know? Um, but like I'm almost a senior and I feel like, you know, I've spent half the time like in my room. <laughs> yeah, I get that. What's the best thing you learned in the Disney class? Anything you learned where you're like, oh, that's actually okay. That's why you take a college class on Disney. Anything, um, you, anything you learned? Best thing I learned. What's the thing you learned that blew your mind the most? I don't know if anything in particular stands out, but it was just cool because we did it from like, the very, um, the earliest stuff, like the silent cartoons all the way to, um, Steamboat Willie? We're talking Steamboat like, Willie? Yeah, some Steamboat Willie in the mix. Um, and then learning about the Disney parks is pretty cool, actually. Like, <laughs> Disney World, obviously. Fun. Um, but then, yeah, we went all the way to, like, different companies that Disney owns. Ooh, Marvel. The Marvel like, you know the movie over. Splash with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had to watch that. <laughs> I love that I asked you that question and it was a real valid chance for you to step up and represent the American studies world as a whole. Like, a, like I, I was expecting you to go like, you know, we did learn a lot about like Disney World's impact as like a micro economy that didn't exist in Florida and then it was built and now a whole economy exists around it. And that's both good in the sense of job creation, but bad in the sense of steamrolling uh, an actual local culture that built in its own organic way. Like, I was expecting you to say something like that that would actually make American Studies look good, and then your answer was straight up, we got to watch Splash with Tom Hanks. You know, I, I, the thing about the account that was like the subtext of what I was saying, though. It just, it just, didn't, it just didn't quite come out, I guess. <laughs> good recovery, my friend. <laughs> watched Splash. Like, it's cool if you didn't get it, you know? A lot of people would be surprised. It wasn't just animated stuff. Splash! (laughs) (laughs) God, I hate my life. No, you don't. You got a good life. You got a good life. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. 
It's all good. Uh, who knows, though? I don't know. I've known you for 25 minutes. I can't really say that, but you don't hate the American studies life. It's probably because let me guess. What do you because hold on, because you're a valedictorian. You're a motivated person. Valedictorian. Uh, let me just it, 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 did you your high school? It's not like everybody else there was like a, some lunkhead, right? Like, yeah, this is you're the valedictorian competing with other capable people. Of, you know, it's not like a super competitive school by any means. It's just kind of like a big public school yeah. in North Carolina. So. But still, but still, this means you're a motivated person. Let me, here's my hunch. You got a plan. You got a plan after college. And uh, American studies I, is, is just a way to get to that. True or false? I don't, I don't know. I thought I did, but I'm just, I don't know. I've, I just feel... I've just felt a little stuck for a long time, and I, I don't know. I like college. You know, college is just easy because I know what I have to do. Well, it's not easy actually. I've like almost left some. I actually did take a semester off at one point, but um. So I don't know. You know, I would love to do something with like radio, maybe, but that's like dying. Um, maybe something with like film or writing, but no concrete plans at all. It's more just kind of like me vaguely talking about things I'd like to do, but haven't actually like even really tried doing. Whereas a lot of other people are already like out there making things and like doing shit. And I'm just like uh, sitting other, in my room. Like, other watch, people like, who cares about other people <laughs> watching like YouTube videos of the voice and crying. Like the parents are so proud. Yeah. Watching, yeah. YouTube, <laughs> watching YouTube videos of the voice because that's what your senior thesis is about. <laughs> Honestly, I totally could. Oh, 100%. I said about the voice one time, because I was saying, like, country singers always win. Like, we should have seen Donald Trump coming. And then... <laughs> yeah, and then that's I an American Studies paper. Times kind of talking about a similar thing. It yeah. literally could be, which is the sad thing. That's the American <laughs> Studies right there. Here's what you do. You do... Uh, here's, what you, here's what the American Studies paper would be. And you're picking up on the fact that I was a very good American Studies major as far as my ability to convince anyone to take a chance. Here's what it would be. It would be the... Uh, the rise of reality... The rea- no the re- the rise of reality based competition shows featuring um, everyday contestants as a predictor of future populist conservative trends. That's what the title that that would be some version of the title. Looking Boom. at the, yeah, I'm look, already done. There you yeah, go. <laughs> there you go. I just yeah. Now you can hang out the rest of the week. Do whatever you want. Here's what you do. You say <laughs> starting probably with what American Idol, right? And then you go through things. Yeah. You, go, you go through the voice. You go through everything, right? You go through all of them, and then you you also add a section about celebrity involvement, dancing with the stars. This is an effort. The popularity of the prior shows that focused on regular people. Now you involve stars and realize that that's an effort to bring celebrities down a peg, putting a celebrity who's prior known for one thing in a situation where they can be embarrassed by a dance. Reflection of the fact that regular fact that regular people are not looking for an upper crust elite. They are looking for regular people. It's, these are uh, cultural movements that brought celebrities down a peg, which also reflects that the average working class person is maybe looking to empower themselves. 
Um, you even throw in something like America's Best Dance Crew on MTV, something a little more obscure. <laughs> you say the fact that they had on a clogging-based dance group. This is not just Hollywood flesh. This is regular people looking for voices, looking for platforms, looking for opportunities. And that if the Democratic Party had been tracking that a little more accurately, they would have seen that there was an underground, frustrated populist movement of people rising into pop culture. Not everyone gets on TV. So the fact that it's showing up on, at all, the fact that country music you go through every single season of all those shows. How often do, does a country artist win? Breakdown percentages, pie charts. You also see what are the things that are, are getting are surprising the the hosts because the hosts represent the the Hollywood elite. What are the things that they're not getting, and how can you now track those based on the 2016 election to show that a populist movement has actually been afoot in America far longer than any of us wanted to recognize or realize. American studies, Boom. motherfucker. American Ooh, studies, motherfucker. <laughs> I could fart that stuff out. I farted that shit out in my sleep, and then I just went and did comedy the other six <laughs> days a week. Drove around for Weird New Jersey Magazine <laughs> writing about ghosts. It was the best. Amazing. And then, and then they're like, oh, we need a paper. That'd be a dope job. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah, it was great. It was the best job I ever had. And they'll be like, oh, we need a paper on something. I'd be like, okay, how about this? Uh... Uh, cartoons in the 1980s, a reflection of the tail end of the Cold War, the fact that it was also black and white, the Autobots had the Decepticons, G.I. Joe had Cobra, Thundercats had Mumra, He-Man had Skeletor, cartoonish good, cartoonish evil, the USA, the Soviet Union, this is a a distilling down of everything there, putting it in absurdism, that was a predictor of the fall of the Berlin Wall, goodbye, gonna go do comedy now. might be the best American studies major of all time. Yeah, I was going to say, you should get your PhD, dude. <laughs> I probably just did. I'll just play them this podcast and they'll give it to me. Because then, then, yeah, we'll, can then we can talk, rest, we'll talk about the rest of the... Here's what we'll talk about the rest of the podcast. The rise of podcasting in the face of the fall of terrestrial radio. Um, what kind of vacuum is this going to create? Let's look at examples of other... Um, other technological platforms that uh, were eclipsed and how many of them have managed to um, transform into something new. Does podcasting open up the effect that radio may turn into something that's a little bit more of a political tool in the future because it needs to get more extreme and less commercial in order to grab voices in a podcasting world where everything's becoming more boutique and that is a personal choice on the effort of the viewer to identify and lock in with their chosen entertainment. Boom! Give me that doctorate. Give me that doctor. You really? No, you sound like you sound like a professor or like a TA or something. <laughs> 100%. I should teach every American studies class in America. <laughs> you can start like a web series. So what else? What what else brought you home? Anything else or you just wanted to hang out, decompress, needed needed to clear your head or what else? Um, you got friends at home? I old flame that you're trying to rekindle. I have a few friends at home. Got the old flame you're trying <laughs> to rekindle. Um, no, not no. I wouldn't say that. Um, okay. Okay. That's a reach. No, it was more. I was just kind of, especially in like second semester of last um, last school year. I think I was just like super depressed and like wasn't applying to anything. And then there was like one job actually in Cleveland because that I was able to apply to in like May as well. But I just wanted. I, I don't know. I think part of it was like in my head. I'm also have like when I whenever I have like this rare time where I like don't actually have to do anything I feel like oh this is when I can like work on myself and in three months 
I will be better and ready to take on the world if that if that makes any sense. But then I don't I don't actually like do anything about it. I get that. I get that. I am familiar with those feelings. It's kind of kind of vague. <laughs> it is. And here's the thing. Let me ask you something. Because you even joked about it, that sometimes listeners of this podcast are like, oh, another millennial. And you just said something where you're like, no, I just need to clear my head sometimes. I don't really have a plan, but I want to be ready to enact a plan. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, entitled millennials. I feel like that shit is played out. Here's the thing I'll say. Anybody who sits around going like, oh, millennials, officially played out. Millennials are the future. And anybody, there's, there's, there's a line being drawn in the sand and if you're one of the people going, I roll my eyes every time millennials speak, well, you're going to get... What the fuck was that? Sorry, I was... What the fuck my, is going on? my key in my car. What? <laughs> I'm being robbed. I'm being robbed. No, I was... It was like hot outside, so I was going to turn the AC on in my car. And when you turn your car but on, I like to, I, it sends you to I the future? Millennial speech. When you turn your car yeah. on, it sends you into the future? What the hell was that noise? Turn your car off and start it again. I got to hear that noise. I've never heard a car make that really? noise when it starts. Yeah. It was just, it was just a beeping. It was, all right, I'll do it again. No, am I wrong here? Harry, uh, Jared, is it, was that not the most unusual car noise you've ever heard? Let's hear it again. Now that I know it's a car, maybe I won't be reacting for it. Is that weird? You know what it is? I think it's because the volume is fading in and out on our end that it sounds like you're like... Entering some sort of pod that might launch you into space, but now I can hear. Yeah, that's just a car. That's fine. Turn your AC on. I'm <laughs> like, bitch, I might be. So no. Just say, bitch, I might be. To but me. Yeah, no, I totally agree about the millennial thing, though. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Did you just say the phrase, bitch, I might be? Yeah, and I regretted it immediately and was hoping it was, <laughs> like didn't get heard on the other end. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's okay. I was like, any, anyway, yeah, about millennials. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where does that, no, where's I, that I phrase come from? Too about, Wait, hold on one second. Because that phrase I've heard... Which it, I might be. It's from something. I couldn't tell you what. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not like just my thing. That's but I say the same thing about being played out as like when people make vegan jokes. I'm like literally the only thing more like stereotypical <laughs> or just more like played out than people... And vegans being like, yes, I'm a vegan. It's true. It's people being like, oh, you're a vegan, so you have to say it. You know, I feel like that's even worse now. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of vegan jokes as a stand-up. Listen to that. Stand-ups, young ladies calling you out. Vegan jokes playing out. Vegan jokes playing out. Um, let's see. Wait, we just found it. It's an ambiguous, bitch, I might be, an ambiguous retort falsely attributed to Atlanta-based rapper Gucci Mane. <laughs> So what, the only thing we know is that it wasn't actually Gucci Mane that, that said this. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> often, you, often shared on the microblogging site Tumblr. You know, I never had a Tumblr, but I, but it just seemed very, it was just a bunch of, like, at least my experience with, like, my friends with Tumblr, it was when everyone was about, like, 13, 14, and it's mostly, like, white girls glamorizing sadness and, like, equating it with depth. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I shouldn't get on this site. Like, this this will not be good. Yeah. And yet, many years later, you're calling a podcast, and not to assume, you sound <laughs> like you're probably white, and you've talked about your own sense of sadness a few times throughout this podcast. You just switched to the <laughs> platform of podcasting. 
but that's okay. If there's anybody <laughs> who can't make fun of white people complaining about being sad, it's Chris Gethard. That's fair. I can't either. <laughs> it's been a pleasant conversation, I would say. How are you feeling about it? I'm good. I'm a little like, because I like, so, you know, I'm a huge fan of your show. I'll go ahead and say like your podcast, your TV show, Career Suicide. I just, you know, I love your work. And so I'm like a little bit nervous. As you probably <laughs> so I'm like, oh God, like say, what should I say? That's more interesting than what I'm saying now. I, I would like- say you've been killing it and you've come off as nothing but totally relaxed and confident. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Thank you for supporting my work. What else? What else do yeah, I need to know? What I'm else just, do you want me to I'm know about you? I'm pacing around outside right now. In the heat. What do I want to know? In the North Carolina heat. Yeah, really. It's so humid, always. It's like that feeling when you open a dishwasher. <laughs> that was a very vivid, vivid uh, sense of memory. Very descriptive. <laughs> Being valedictorian, were you like a big nerd? Were you real competitive? Because you, you don't strike me as a very competitive person based on what we talked about, but you were valedictorian. I wasn't. I mean... Because I did, again, like, I think it, maybe it would have been different if I had gone to, like, a cutthroat high school, but it wasn't really. No, I was never really that competitive. You know, it was, um, I, I definitely, like, had that goal in mind. Um, but you just kind of, I don't know, you just have to play the game a little bit. You take the classes you need to take. Um, and, yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't really too competitive with anyone. Um, I played sports, but was never, like, overly competitive with that either, just. And did you say both your brothers were valedictorian as well? You said both your brothers were also valedictorian? Yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Wow. Your parents put a lot of pressure on you? You know, people, like, assume that. But honestly, not. Not really. I think it was was more, like, self-imposed. She definitely, like, like I said, like, PTA mom, soccer mom. So she kind of, like, probably led us on the right path. And I, like, fully acknowledge that, like, my mom, like, while we were in school, she didn't work. And so, like, I know a lot of people don't have you know, a parent who could, like, drive them to soccer practice when they were younger and, like, you know, kind of know, like, these are the classes you need to take because when you're a freshman, you don't necessarily, like, know any better. Um, so, you know, that definititely, like, helped. So but just no, kind of a, nat- never, like, a naturally motivated and effortlessly smart family. I feel like that's as good a point as any to pause for some commercials. Because it's the way of the world that commercials happen. And very luckily, we got a lot of fine products and a lot of fine services to offer you guys. And I think you might enjoy them. There's promo codes in there if you want to use those. It really helps the show. We'll be right back with more phone call just after this. I want you guys to think about something. This is just simple math. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Your sheets on your bed. Look, are they taking care of you the way they should be? Okay, or you don't want a, a lackluster experience for a third of your life. Well, so I'm happy to introduce brooklinen.com. High quality sheets and bedding at a price that will not keep you up at night. Founded in April 2014, Brooklinen offers simple, beautiful home essentials without the luxury price. It's the fastest growing bedding brand in the world because honestly, people love these products. I have them. They're great. Jared was just raving about them. These sheets, there's over 12,000 five-star reviews about Brooklyn and sheets. That is no joke. 12,000 at five-star plus versatile colors, patterns that complement any decor. It, it's it's really, it's luxury bedding. It's very reasonably priced, underpriced even. And you should try them. Try these sheets today. Sheets are an important thing that we don't think about enough. I love mine. You're going to love yours. You try them. 
Check them out. Brooklinen.com. It has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There is no reason to not give this a try. You get 20 bucks off. The only way you get those 20 bucks off and free shipping, use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K. L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. These are the best sheets ever. Hey, everybody, I wanted to let you guys know, I I was offered a a role in a very cool thing. And I've already noticed online, a lot of you guys are excited. I'm a part of this show, Homecoming, Um, which it's such a cool thing. It's an audio drama. It's like a psychological thriller. Um, It it, it combines like all these like therapy sessions, phone calls, overheard conversations. It's a scripted show. And it's really cool. And I was so lucky to be a part of it. And I hope you'll check it out. I did scenes with David Schwimmer, which I never thought I'd act with David Schwimmer. Catherine Keener, who I'm like in awe of. Uh, It was really so cool. It was cool to be in that room. It was cool to be invited to be a part of it. It was cool to watch those two work. They are total pros and uh, show us something really special. Lucky to be a part of it. Season two just premiered. If you haven't listened to season one, it's just six episodes. So you can easily jump in now. You get all caught up. Go. Listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I was so lucky to be a part of Homecoming, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much again to all of our sponsors. Now let's finish off this phone call. So just kind of a a naturally motivated and effortlessly smart family. Um... I... That is... (laughs) Not anymore. Oh, God. I mean... (laughs) It may be seen that way, but I've just, you know, I've, I've, I just, I'm definitely like, I would call myself the black sheep, which is why my older brother kind of dealing with things now is like, it's turned the tables a little bit. Get some pressure off like, your I'm back. The one. Maybe a little. I mean, I, I just like feel bad for him because he's struggling. Um, yeah. He's just like not super happy. But again, it's, I feel like it's usually me who they're like, uh, oops, making everyone miserable. Oh, it, well, can you okay. that out? I'm yeah, so sorry. I'm marking the time code right now. We're going to bleep it every time I, I say it, too. Going to go ahead right now and say well, both the times you have said a little different than that. that your name is and every time I am now repeating that your name is it shall be bleeped. No! Wait, can I say it one more time because you're saying it wrong and then just bleep this? I'm, I've said it wrong all these times. Yeah. Okay, what is I it? I probably then? said it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What? Okay. No, I want to. Yeah. Oh. oh my God, there are going to be so many bleeps. It's going to be the most. The most bleeped episode, episode <laughs> in the history of the show. It's either an extremely annoying yeah. or a truly hilarious moment we just executed. People hearing you correct me. Yeah. Correct me on the pronunciation of a name <laughs> that's been bleeped 14 times. Oh my God. Oh no. I'm I'm terrible. Oh, I'm the worst. You're not terrible or the worst. I can name eleven callers worse than you. You want me to do it? Throw some people like, under the um, bus? No, thanks. I can't do that. Oh, you were gonna name one. You were gonna name one. You're gonna throw some shade. I was I was going to, but I'm not going to because you already gave this person a hard enough time. Well, I can imagine. I think I know I think, you. Um, from Portland. <laughs> 
oh yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad. I came off mean. I didn't mean to no, come off was, mean. It was literally fine. It was literally totally fine. I thought. I felt like the important caller and I were having fun and making jokes. And then I think when you listen back to no, it, totally. It, I mean, you're calling a comedian. What do you expect? Nah, like, a, but people get upset. We're like, whoa, bro, you were harsh. And then I listen back, and I'm like, oh, I guess I kind of was, but it, I was in an environment. That wasn't so intimate. And then yeah, I brought, yeah. you know what it is? No, you know it what it is? It's a tricky totally thing. Fine. It's a tricky thing to do something in an, in an environment that's not intimate and then put it out on a platform that is intimate. That's like sort of a round hole, square peg situation. Did I mix that up? Square hole, round peg? Which I was, No, matter. I get what you're saying. It's in, I was an American studies major. I'm not good at geometry. <sighs> Sorry if you hear all the sounds outside. I don't know if that's annoying. Ah, that's okay. Now your younger brother is your parents. Is are your parents like putting all their chips in on your younger brother? Are they betting everything on him now? No, well he was. You know he was the um, <laughs> he was like the least. I don't know. He was definitely like the least intense about like school and extracurricular stuff. Like he's more. He's just more content to like go fishing every day, kind of deal. But he's wow. Just, He's the one who, it's like, I think, I think he's a very happy kid. He doesn't really have any, like, mental illness issues or anything like that. So he's kind of the easiest. <laughs> what's he catching? Sure. What's he catching this time of year? What's, uh, what's in season down in North Carolina? Catching? I don't know. I don't, I'm not really into fishing, so I, <laughs> yeah, me I don't really keep up. And he usually throws stuff back. Are you vegan? You brought up vegan jokes. Are you vegan? No, I'm um, I'm a pescatarian. Me too. Which aren't you too? Didn't you say that? I am, yeah. but I don't like saying that. I'm, I usually say I'm a vegetarian, but I, I still eat fish. I say a vegetarian. And then I say I, I do still too. eat fish. I only said it because I knew you knew what it was because I yeah. hate the word. It's very, well, I, I always feel self-conscious because <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I say a vegetarian and then I still eat fish. And then people go, so you're a pescatarian? And I'm like, yeah, but nobody likes a person who says they're a pescatarian. Because it's like... It's like you, you're reserving all the right to judge other people who still eat meat, but you're not committing hard enough to actually earn that right. You know, I feel very self-conscious about it. But fish is good and very nutritious. Yeah. I'll give it up someday. <laughs> I'm trying. I'll give it up someday. I mean, I, I was a vegetarian because I became one when I was like 13, maybe. And I did that for a while, but then I don't know. I, I felt like I wasn't getting enough protein and I was still yeah. pretty young. So I was like, well... The animal I feel least bad for is a fish, so we'll go with that. Wow, you ranked, <laughs> you ranked the animals. You ranked the animals. Yeah. yeah. In terms of whose pain matters the least to me. Yeah. Oh, God. I get it. Scallops are good, though. That's my issue. Scallops are good. This might be my favorite call in the history of the show. It's so not. You're lying. I'm boring. No, because I'm because t- I, I love. No, and I, I, I'm not. I'm not throwing shade or judging anybody. But sometimes I walk into the studio and I feel like I need to just like brace myself because you never know what you can only do. This is what I'll say. I love all of them. I love every single call. I feel privileged and lucky and flattered to participate in this every single call. But then you never know. You sit down and all of a sudden somebody's like. Uh, so, uh, tell you about what my uncle did in like 1988. And I'm like, oh God, what did your uncle do in 1988? And then it's just me being nervous for an hour. And then yeah, <laughs> it's just bad. It's just bad. No, but it's okay. It's good. I love them all. I love them all, but it feels good to just shoot this shit you. with somebody. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. No, please. You seem like a very personable young lady. Thanks. Yeah. I, I drive to school and it takes me like, 
12, 13 hours. So I'm always, I always listen to your podcast then. That's so you're nice. like my road trip buddy, kind of. I'm into you that. You didn't even know. It is. <laughs> that's nice because people tell me that. Oh, every road trip or like when I'm doing my dishes or my laundry, you're the one I'm hanging out with. When I went on the road, people are like, oh, I feel like I know you. And I'm like, that's so nice. That's a nice end of story. Yeah, it's unsettling though, right? I mean, I'm sure that's just, I mean, you talked about it a little bit before. It's okay. You, no the pod, well, the podcast, the podcast fans are very, very nice. It's the fans of Broad City. They come on real strong. Oh. And there's a lot of people. I've learned that young people, like high school age kids, have The Office on Netflix. Like a show that they maybe were a little young for when it was on the air. They all obsess over the It's The Office and the Broad City fans. Those are the ones that just run up to me and are like, like I'm trying to like... <laughs> I'm like holding my wife's hand on the subway platform, and all of a sudden, somebody's like touching my lower back, and it's like, Brad City, Brad City, and I'm like, literally, <laughs> it takes everything I have to not just go like, ah, ah. Those are the ones, but I love Brad City, <laughs> my buddies, my friends. Right, I've always thought like the ideal situation it wouldn't be to be famous; it would be to be like famous to like a select few people like like really well known within your field or something you know so you're like respected but not harassed <laughs> i think the ideal life would be to be one of those people who like plays um like plays like a person like like in nasa like in in like space disaster movies like the guy who's like on one of the machines tracking the radar being like uh it's three minutes. We got three minutes till impact. Like the three minutes till impact, guys. That seems like a great life to me. That's a great. Oh, life. I feel like that. There's one of those in like every movie these days with all the explosions. That's what I'm aiming You've for. You gotta get that part. That's what I mean. Tell your agent to get on that. Well, part. I'll tell you like, what. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I very recently appeared on NBC's Blind Spot as Dr. Gary Lamarche. And this is a non-comedic show. I was offered the part. I did not audition. I've never been more thrilled in my life. I said, I'm finally breaking it. My hairline has receded enough. I'm finally breaking into the NASA scientist role and uh, that I've always dreamed of. Because my job was to come in for one episode and help my character help to deflect a, used a satellite in space to deflect an impending nuclear warhead that was being orbited through space. And I said, this is, I'm getting there. This is all I want. Play a NASA scientist who comes in. <laughs> That's one amazing. Of, I'll watch it. They want to bring me back too on NBC's Blind Spot. If you guys want to see more of Dr. Yeah, Gary Lamarche, please tweet at NBC. Uh, they actually, <laughs> they've actually been trying to make it happen, but the Gethard show is in production, so it makes my timing tight. Dr. Gary Lamarche. Oh, baby. I'm so excited for that. It's it was aired. I mean, it aired. It was in the season finale. I also just majorly spoiled the season finale of NBC's Blind Spot. My bad on that. Deflected the satellite. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, though, I'm excited for um, I'm excited for Chris Gethard's show in August. Hell yeah! I'm so psyched it's back. I'm telling you, I'm gonna do some damage. Set your DVRs right now, people. I've if you're if it's available, <laughs> your DVRs. Set the season pass. Even if you don't like the show, please DVR it. It helps. It might help keep um. Yeah. My, my mortgage. No, it's page. hilarious. I um, I like binge watched a ton of them when I was like supposed to be doing homework that was like hot honestly like i think i watched like a hundred of them in a matter of like a few weeks like sitting <laughs> like sitting on my bed in school <laughs> in like the middle of the day and this but, was you, know, you weren't and this was not stuff. researching an american studies project 
You 100% should. You could write no, a paper on the show. Maybe I could do my thesis on the Chris Gethard show. Yeah, Say totally the word. Could. I'll give you all access. You come down to New York. You get an all access. You can come research it. Be in the studio production. Start to finish. Whatever you want. Come hang out in our offices. See I how mean, we do everything. I mean, don't say it if you don't mean it, dude. I'm like. <laughs> I would never. I would so do it. Yeah. You want to do a senior thesis on. But hold on. We have to come up with the right title. Let's see. Um. Okay, here's some different oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's some different angles you could have. Okay, for you could talk about you could use your appearance on this podcast as an entryway to my work in general, and you could say um, you'd have a title. What would your thesis be called if it was focused on my career in general? It would be called like um, it the, has to be like something something like cute colon and then like the academic thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. Like that format. It would have to be called like yeah. I know what you mean. It would have to be like. A little hooky title, then a colon, and then the actual premise of it. So it would have to be like, uh, it would have to be called like uh, Jack of All Trades, Master of None, colon, the diversification of entertainment careers in a world of fragmenting media. And then what you talk about is how I've managed to cobble together a career through public access, podcasting, character acting appearances, public appearances, and how I've managed to build a career through Fragmented media focusing on the fact that in a previous era when there was less media, media could skyrocket people to greater fame. But in a world where there is a more broad and diversified uh, level of media platforms that you can cobble together a very respectable career, even though you remain largely unknown to the world at large. Can do that. Yeah, I mean, this is like very much along the lines of the kind of stuff I do and would be interested in. And it's so many little tryhards already working on their thesis right now, and I haven't even thought about it. So. You could do that one. You never know. And you could talk about your appearance Maybe. on this podcast as an entryway into the conversation. Or if you just want to focus on public access, you can say, um, you can say, oh, here's what you can say. You can say this. Um, uh, sneaking in through the back door, colon, DIY culture and its <laughs> rising impact on mainstream media. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and then you talk about DIY music and how there's, you know, there aren't, there's no such thing as selling out anymore because people don't look at major labels as such a major leap culturally away from DIY labels. You can talk about DIY spaces as art houses and as uh, bastions of um, young people's creativity and liberal thought. You can look at the experience of public access and our rise from public access up to a national platform like True TV about an example of DIY culture sneaking through into the mainstream. And is this a thing that's going to happen more in the future? Are there other examples of it? I'm writing this for you. You come hang out. I'll sign I was going to say, yeah, keep Sign it all the paperwork. <laughs> so hey, you want to do an independent study? You want to do an independent study? I'll tell you this. I'll sign all the paperwork. You don't even need to do the work. I've done it before. Zach Woods, if you... <laughs> he hates... This is, I've lost touch with Zach Woods. It breaks my heart. He's one of my best friends. We never catch up. I can't... I can't this guy... He hates, he's going to hate that I'm talking about this publicly. Zach Woods went to NYU. I was his indep- I was his advisor on two different independent studies. And he didn't have to. Oh, I, no. I said, hey, I'll be your advisor. And he didn't have to do anything. And I got a free membership at the NYU gym. It was the best. Oh, nice. Any NYU student in New York, <laughs> if you want me to be your advisor for an independent study, please do. Email me. It's a great gym. Just make sure it's one of the ones. I'll sign the paperwork for the ones where I get a free gym membership. Um, and I, <laughs> I was actually given a professor as like a, par, a part-time professor ID from NYU. <laughs> Please, any NYU student, I'll sign the paperwork for any independent study at New York University. You won't have to do any work. 
as long as I get that gym membership. One a semester. I'll only You're do one a semester. After. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll only do one a semester. Oh, okay. I'm not trying to have throngs of people because then the jig is up, but I'll do one every semester. I'll, you can do an independent study through me. And if you want to, <laughs> whatever you need, whatever you need, and I'm not making false promises. You get back in touch with me. Hey, I want to I wanna do my uh, thesis on that. Yeah, say the word, whatever you want. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How much time do I have? Six and a half minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, because I've talked so much this time. Wow. People are going to be so mad at me. They're going to say you barely let that young lady get a word in edgewise. You know? What no, I'm... they're going to be like, they're going to be like, you saved it because she was boring. And <laughs> no. thank goodness for you. No, you know what they're going to say. The idea that here, because here's the thing I'll say for everybody who wants to slam millennials, you're talking to somebody who's the valedictorian of a high school who went to college and is now trying to find some direction and doesn't have it. Maybe that's not a reflection on the fact that millennials are lazy. Maybe it's a reflection on the fact that very smart, engaged people are having trouble locking into a world that's changing. Maybe we need to respect that and understand that change is happening and empower and embolden young people to take the reins of an increasingly crazy world rather than slam them just because they're young and youthful and full of potential. Unrealized potential? Maybe, but that's a choice because they can't quite figure out where to fit in and how to affect the change they want to and crave. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it, kind of. I say that. I'm not really... You barely agree you know, with I me. Home, I, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't really agree with what I just said. You didn't care. I just, <laughs> I just feel like I, I... I don't know. I feel like I sound kind of... I do sound like an entitled millennial because I'm just kind of like... You know, my parents are like... They're fine with me staying at home. Like, you know, they buy the cereal and shit. So I'm just like living off their dime, um, working this kind of dumb internship that I'm now 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 yeah, I mean, minutes late for now. I'll but, say um, the, it, your current internship is questionable. Your current internship is questionable. You know that. It, it is. It is. Because, well, no, it really was. I was like, I need to be home. I was like, maybe I will. I don't know. I'm going to get healthier. You know, I'm going to like work out more. I'm going to, I'm going to read more. I'm going to. I was like, maybe I'll like start going to therapy, which I did not do. You know, like all these things that just never happened. So I was like, I'll watch more movies. No, I just watch like TV. It's okay. You'll get there. You'll get I where you like, need to go. I feel like watching movies, I get more out of it. Than, I don't know. <laughs> May I recommend Shanghai Noon? Hell of a flick. <laughs> do you? <laughs> Hell of a flick. How are those marina photos coming? You've been taking marina photos this whole time? No, dude. I'm like, I'm by where the marina was supposed to be, and then I couldn't find it, and then and then I heard the little beep. So, <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll put that on hold. Yeah. So I've just been like pacing back and forth in this this lovely field area. Any boats you're particularly excited? And this little girl on a golf cart has passed me like three times. A little girl on a golf cart? Yeah, she's like eight years old, just driving this golf cart around. I don't know what. <laughs> what? Doing. What are you talking about? What? Just like I'm just on an eight year old. An eight year old is circling it. you in a golf cart. What? No, it's it's not like circling me, but she's passed like three times, so I don't know. But why is an eight year old in? You know, she's alone. She's alone in the golf cart. Child is this? Yeah, she's alone. There's an eight year old just riding a golf. Is that? doesn't seem safe i am yeah pro- probably not but <laughs> is that a thing that happens a lot in north carolina 
No, I don't know why she's on a golf cart. I'm not in like a resort town. I do live by the beach, so it's like touristy in some parts, but not not where I am right here. And it's not like a golf cart kind of place. Eight year old. Maybe she was a ghost. We'll we'll never know. Maybe find out that a small girl was struck in the head by a titleist on a new, on a golf course that was paved over in that very spot many years ago. Damn. I mean, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. (laughs) (sighs) I feel like we've done a lot of good. Let's call. You got two minutes left. Dang, that's crazy. I there's thing I I had expected myself like if I had if I had gone on this to get more like emotional and deep and like whiny about my life, but I. I don't know. I don't know why I thought it would be that way because in general, I'm not, you know, I keep certain things to myself and put a, you know, put a different side of me out there. And so I don't know why I thought it would be like different, but. Well, I want to apologize. I want to apologize if I didn't open things up enough for you to get, um, no, God, no, 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 no. I just like, I'm so not the, I'm like, I'm not the person who like, you know, some people like to like talk about these things with their friends. I just kind of, I just don't. Always been that way. I can say on my end a very sincere thank you because I've had a lot of fun joking around and laughing. Yeah, well, thank you. This like I this has made my day. I you know I, everyone says this, but I did not expect to get through. So that's wild. Felt good to just mess around and do some what? say some dumb jokey things. Felt good. Thank you for affording me that opportunity. Yeah, totally. Are you doing like two calls today? Or do you always just do one when you do this? Um, or it just depends? Very rarely we'll do two. Usually we'll do one. I'm a busy guy right now. Gotcha. Got to head over to the studio, start writing the Chris Gethard show, because we got to bring some real dumb things to True TV. Got to do it. Yeah, put the info out on how you can get like into the studio audience. I'll, I'll go. Here's how you can get into the studio audience through, via an independent study. Come embed yourself. Oh, true. Become embedded. Become embedded. <laughs> I'll do it that way. Yeah. As soon as you want to become embedded, an embedded reporter in the in the inner gears of a TV show, you let me know. I'll make it happen. I'll submit my resume and some pictures of this marina. <laughs> yeah, as proof. <laughs> as proof, I'll need a picture of at least two paddle boats. Yeah, I'm on it right after, right after this. That sounds good. We got ten seconds left. Thank you again. Your parting words to the world. Um, I. Everyone, keep doing what you're doing. Good luck. Thank you so much, caller. And if this actually, I'm, I'm not kidding. Caller, if, you, if you're listening to this, I'm, I was not joking. I'll sign the paperwork. Independent study. Let's get you some credits. Help you get through school. Legit. I'll do it. Who cares? Thank you again for calling and being so warm and nice and positive and funny. You sounded like you were doubting that throughout the call. No, you were great. I loved it. Thank you to Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson, and the Booth, always helping me get through these things. Thank you to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn who helped build this show in the early days. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. Lovely people, lovely artists, Shell Shag. Go ahead and support everything they do. ChrisGeth.com, touring dates coming up. I mentioned we've got some shows in Texas, in Florida, in New York City coming up. All those dates will be at ChrisGeth.com. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Really does help so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for supporting the show and listening. We'll see you next time.
school's out. Summer's here. People are looking for things to do. People sitting inside, they want that sweet air conditioning. What are you with the kids? What are the kids going to say? Oh, right, because you're good. You're good to go because Redbox has the video games. That'll keep you entertained. Over 40,000 locations nationwide. Rent and return anywhere. Better yet, get a free one-night game rental from Redbox when you use the promo code STORIES5. Swing by a box in your neighborhood. Or if you want to make sure the game you want is there when you arrive, reserve it online at redbox.com games. This offer is valid through August 8th, 2017. Some additional terms do apply, like charges apply for additional nights, you need a payment card, all that stuff. But look, go for it. Redbox, getting into video games has never been so easy. Now you might, you might be thinking about coming back or maybe not coming back to this podcast, but I'm going to tease you. I'm going to give you a little bit. Here's what you might hear next time. Thank you for killing that Viking horde. And now, uh, what's yeah. the deal with their I boats? About yeah. <laughs> so can I ask, you brought up that you've had some dark times and that you've gone on to like, go into service. Can I ask, like, you said you've been in treatment. Is that, did you want to talk about it? I wasn't, I'm not sure if you're just like complimenting me, which is much appreciated, or if you're opening the door to that conversation on your own. I was born for two drug addicts. You know, both of my parents have struggled with addiction. My mom was addicted to heroin from the time she was 14 and gave birth to my sister while she was still loaded. So my sister was born addicted to heroin. And my father, but she's been clean now for 35 years. You know, she's in recovery a long time. Wow. My father was, um, yeah. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Comedy Bang Bang is 500 episodes old this week, and Scott is celebrating with an all-star lineup. Find it right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to download shows. Hey, it's me, Lauren Lapkus. I just want to say thank you so much to my Uncle Scott for giving me the opportunity to perform on Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, I love nepotism. No, I'm kidding. I don't even know what to say because being sincere is really uncomfortable for comedians. You know, like we have, have a really hard time just getting out like what we really feel. Um, I guess I'll just do it in a character because I I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel weird uh, hearing me cry as myself or anything. So here we go. Scott, I just want to say thank you so much. You stupid bitch. I gave me so many opportunities. I love Howdy Bang Bang. It's the best show that ever happened on a podcast on the internet. Uh, it's been a fucking amazing show. I can't believe I get to be a part of it. And I just wanted to take a moment just to pop in really quickly and say thank you so much to Scott because um, not only is he the coolest guy in the whole world, uh, he lets people do whatever they want and be really weird. And that's something that most people in the world don't really afford people. And they don't want really to give you the chance to just be who you are without judgment. So I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you so much. Uh, and I just want to pop in really quick and just say uh, I have a new song that I wrote for the occasion and it goes a little something like this. Thank you for being a friend Travel down the road and back again My heart is true You're a pal and a confidant But I don't know Thank you This has been an Earwolf production Executive produced by Scott Ackerman Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson For more information and content Visit Earwolf.com Earwolf.com